If you've got dirty balls that need cleaning, call now, wherever. Now, now, here's your host, Nick Ritchie, on the Toad Hop Network. Here we are, Nick Ritchie Radio. I have Dr. Jen in the house for VH1's Couples Therapy. Hit show, by the way. Congratulations. I think you've made it, Dr. Jed. <laughs> well, I've had Nick Ritchie and Shane Lamas on my show. That means I have made it. Oh, I've I d- arrived. I do help ratings a little bit. Absolutely. But uh, I-, I do want to thank you. You know, you are good at what you do. And thank um, you. Shane and I are not easy. <laughs> yes, this is, this is true, but you are a pleasure to work with. Both of you, I, I love the way you both challenge me and challenge each other and you're very real you're very authentic and you really both threw yourself into this process and i really i appreciate it we definitely threw ourselves into something it was pretty (laughs) it's pretty crazy um this is great people that are uh watching the show right now and i know a lot of uh the dirty fans watch couples therapy um and they're watching the radio show you can call in at 323-622-8623 i also have my co-host chris with me here today um you might have seen him before. I, I just met him today on the streets, and I said, hey, you know, Scooby's not feeling well. Can you come in? So he's here with us, Dr. Jen. I love doing it. He's he, awesome. Very he, nice to meet you. Thank you, Dr. Jen. <laughs> so he's, he's a lovable guy, so don't be afraid. With, with a great radio voice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and a great sexy personality. That's what I got. <laughs> so, Dr. Jen, I have... Some questions for you, because this is this is amazing that you're on the show. First of all, well, it's my pleasure. Because I felt like being in the house, mm-hmm. I was I was kind of like it was like an away game, you know. And I was going into your home court. Absolutely. Now you're in my home domain. Yes, I am. So I can ask you some questions that I have on my mind, and you know, people can call in and ask questions for you about couples therapy. Also, if they have relationships. You know, issues. You're getting free, free uh, treatment here today. Absolutely. Because Dr. Jen is expensive. <laughs> so I just want to make sure people know that this is Beverly Hills. This is how we roll. Yes. <laughs> My first question for you: um, How how serious did you take it when you were chosen to be this this person for this TV show? Because you know, TV is production. You, you see the Dr. Drew thing, and, and mm-hmm. it's kind of like, hey, we want to find that person, a better-looking Dr. Drew, um, a female, and that can actually deal with celebrities and deal with this new kind of uh, genre that is 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 really um, – it really touches everyone. Everyone has a couple relationship issues. Everyone wants to be loved. Everyone wants a partner um, in their life, and – I think this is the first show that, at least I can say, where I can sit down and watch it with my partner. Mm-hmm. There's not many shows on TV that, that couples watch together. So that 
obviously he's big, but how how do you take what was what was the first pitch to you? Because when you do something, because you are a professional and you've done this, you've wrote you've wrote many books. You do you take your job very seriously, but now when you go into TV, everyone's going to call you out. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with me and in, in in the celebrity sure. shit of stuff that I got to do. Yeah. I'm assuming that had to play on on your mind at least a little bit. You ask a great question, and I think that from the beginning, this project was unlike any other. And when I came in to audition for Damien Sullivan, who you know, the executive producer, who also did Celebrity Rehab, I when I went in for the audition, they had me doing therapy with real couples that they brought in. And what he said to me was, I will never interrupt you doing therapy. I have too much respect for the therapeutic process. And all of a sudden I went, wow, this is different. And I said to him, you know, I'm someone who in my day-to-day life that, you know, I use some language that, you know, do you want need for me to cut back? And he said to me, no, I want for you to be exactly who you are as a therapist and who you are as a person. Bring that here. And I went, wow, that's really different. And I take what I do incredibly seriously. I don't care whether there are cameras or not. I feel an immense responsibility to provide great therapy for anyone who's in the room with me and who is willing to take the risk to open themselves up. And for me, that is the number one priority. And I know that it's it's hard for people to understand that or to um, to really get that. And by doing this show... I made decisions, and I'm sure we'll talk about some of those decisions. I made many clinical decisions where I put the clinical decision, I put the therapy first. And I knew I'd be criticized for them. I knew people would um, would talk shit. But I felt like as long as I knew that I was doing what was right as a therapist, I was willing to put myself out there and subject myself yeah, but to d- that. Did you fear the edit? You know what I mean? Like I ho- did not. Hollywood. I did, I did not, and I'll tell you why. I've had other shows where I feared the edit. I did not because I knew these producers, and I knew that they would keep their word to me. And the other thing that I was told when I went in for that audition, Damien said to me, do you ever see the movie Broadcast News? Uh, yes. You know, do you remember that scene where Holly Hunter is in the field, and the camera guy says to the soldier, put your boot on. And she says, no, 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 don't do it. We don't stage the news. We just film what happens. Mm -hmm. He said, that's what we do here. We don't stage things. We just film what happens. You do therapy. We will just film what happens. And that was really significant to me. And I do want to get into that later on because I I can vouch for you on that because it was more of a big brother situation. Mm -hmm. Um, But we'll get into that. I got calls coming in. I really want to get to them. Everyone can call in. I know the lines are blowing up. It's If you get a busy signal, don't give up. 323-622-8623. Caller, can you hear me? You're on with Dr. Jen and Nick. Yes, I can. This is uh, Brett calling from Logan, Utah. I called last week. Hi, hi, Brett. How are you? Pretty good. You were on with hey, Dr. Um, J. I wanted to know, Nick, or everybody there, actually. I'm a huge fan of everybody there. Um I wanted to know what you guys thought about this whole General Petraeus scandal. I've seen you actually been in the news, Dr. J. You've actually been dealing with this thing. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I haven't touched it on the dirty. Like, it's just not it, – it doesn't make sense to me. I, I personally believe it's a whole cover-up for, you know, what's going on with uh, – the what is it, Benghazi or whatever? How do you ever say that thing? Look, I think it's fascinating, and I think that 
um, the idea of powerful, successful men who are in high-profile positions having affairs that could take them down, this is hardly a first. And I yeah. think that, you know, typically when you have a person who is uh, successful and powerful, there has to be a certain level of sort of A-type personality. And then when you reach that level, there are also typically when we look at tests of people personality-wise who make it like that, there's a certain level of narcissism. When you get a man in power who is narcissistic and then there's opportunity, it's oftentimes the perfect storm of events when it comes to affairs. And we all know, we've all done crazy things when it comes to love, when it comes to sex, when it comes to passion. And I think that um, we we lose our judgment. And here's a guy who's been married for 37 years, and here's a woman who was writing his biography and who her job was to know every detail about his life, to know everything about him. That's very seductive. It's very seductive after 37 years of marriage to have a, a, a woman, a beautiful, intelligent woman, look at you and say, tell me everything about you. All I want is because to after understand 30 years, you. After 30 years, you're not, you're not having sex. You're not doing anything. No. It, you should be. You yeah, should be. It's different. Head it's, of the CIA, that guy's a stiff. Dude, yeah. that's a stressful job. He wants his balls cuffed. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. Cuff him. And the, the autobiography girl, she was cuffing him. She was cuffing him. <laughs> I feel you on that. But Dude. I understand what you're saying. I don't know. this. When it gets to high levels like that, we really don't know what's going on. Yeah, there are layers of it that we will probably never they know. They say Obama didn't yeah. know about it. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Yeah. This is, you know... It's a, it's a whole other story, and I don't want to get into politics. We're past that. I'm for making this country better now. Yes. So let's all get behind Obama and just do what we got to do as people. Yes. Right? Okay, let's keep going on the phones. Phones are blowing up, Dr. J. You know, I was actually telling someone, like, they were asking me about this show, and they were saying, well, what is it going to be like? I was telling them it's, it's like Loveline, but better. Because <laughs> cause you and I are, are big time, you know? It's yeah. like the Dr. J and Nick. Absolutely, and, and, and you and I have a really interesting history together with the work we've done. Oh, too much work. <laughs> Caller, are you there? You're on uh, Nick Ritchie Radio. Hi, I'm calling from Toronto. Oh, nice. How are you doing? Good, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. Uh, I just wanted to uh, ask uh, Dr. J for a few advice. Okay. Tell me what's yeah, going on. Um, yeah, well, um, um, I've been a victim of, uh, uh, what do you call it now? Uh, well, not exactly extramarital affair, but uh, before I got married, I was seeing some girl. Then after I got married, I stopped seeing her. Mm -hmm. And uh, she, she actually tried to get back at me by posting information about me online. And that's been about a year ago. And since then, like, I lost I lost my, uh, my marriage. uh my my wife left me. My daughter, she took my daughter as well. And right now, like at work, I, I just lost my job because I, I, I'm an independent uh, consultant. And you're probably suffering from pretty severe depression at this point. You've lost everyone that's am, important am, to you. I am going through depression right now. Yeah. My, my family wouldn't even talk to me anymore in Africa. So yeah. I just don't know what to do. Yeah. Are 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 you getting I, I, I've any? Been, I've been trying to like. I've sent an email to, to, to the dirty to actually, like, get my life back, and I just don't know what to do anymore. So, so Dr. Jen, yeah, this caller is, has been submitted to the site, I'm assuming, or at least is saying that, and, yeah. uh, and he wants his post removed. 
for his actions that he did. So I believe you emailed me, correct? Yeah, I did. Like, the girl that posted my message, she actually said she emailed you, too, because she was sorry about it. Yeah, well... I, I, I don't know if this is real or not. Sure. Well, why don't, why don't we put them on hold? And I, I think that the question of what do you do when you've had an affair and your wife won't forgive you, I think that's a valid question, that whether you know he's legit or not, it's a question that comes up over and over again on my show on, on Cosmo Radio. And I think that it's really important that when you make a mistake like that, there are always four things that I tell a spouse to look for. Mm-hmm. The first is that the person takes responsibility, that they take responsibility for their actions. The second is that they show remorse. The third is that they take steps to re- to repair the relationship. And then the fourth is that they take steps to avoid repeating the same behavior. And in order to have forgiveness, to me, I don't believe that forgiveness is something that we just dole out. Uh, to me, it's something that's earned. Mm-hmm. And that's part of how you earn that sort of forgiveness. Okay, but here's my problem, too, is I remove this thing. His life goes back to normal, and he can do whatever he wants, and he gets away with his mistake. So for me, the issue is um, whether it be an internet intervention mm-hmm. in my eyes, and y- you and I sometimes differ on this. Sure. We've talked about this uh, it, on the show. Well, mm-hmm. if it sees daylight, it sees daylight. And a, a lot of therapy that was on the show is not, you, people don't see it. Sure. Because, you know, it's not sexy or whatever it is. Well, because, but also because it's 24 hours a day, 21 days straight of therapy, and you have to narrow it down to, you know, an 10 hour episodes. Show. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But at the same time, um, you know, my view of someone makes that mistake, how do they learn from that mistake? I think this guy learned from the mistake. Sure. I, I believe he did. I can. He sounds sincere. It's sincere, yeah. 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 So, so I will give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't want him to, to make the same mistake. And I feel sure. like giving him what he wants is not going to help him. But that's just sure. me personally. And, and look, I can't tell you what to do with your site or what not to do. You know, to me, my job is about what does this man need to do to repair what happened with his wife and his kid? And mm-hmm. I, I believe that everybody makes mistakes. And I believe that everybody is capable of having an affair. Yeah. And I think that um, that he has to do what it takes to repair that with his wife. And that's between him and his wife. Whether you post it or not, really, the issue is the relationship with him and his wife. She's not going to not forgive him because it's on your website. She's going to not forgive him because she chooses to not forgive him. It's up to him now to take steps to earn that. And she did reach out to me Mm -hmm. for that help. You know what I mean? Because obviously she couldn't get through to him, and it worked. So that's a good thing. I think she's give that guy another chance, man. I, th- I think he deserves it. He, he's, he's put his soul out there. Okay, I'll think, think about it. I think it. he needs another chance, man. I'll think about it. Biggie, give him one more chance. Biggie? Give him one more chance. Hi, you're on Nick Ritchie Radio. Caller? Yeah, hey, how's it going? Good, how are you? Who's this? Ohio. You're calling from Ohio. Ohio, yeah. California, love that place. You know that resort, Ojai, yeah. Ojai Resort? It's golf oh, resort. It's beautiful. The Valley Inn, yeah. Yeah, the Valley Inn, yeah. It's a harvest. Beautiful. Yeah, How are you? Pretty cool. <laughs> Except for the douchebag that parked his uh, red Ferrari in the handicap spot every day. <laughs> That's so crazy that you would know that. That's amazing. You are. I live. You... I live. I actually live down the street from it. Yeah. My wife and I go there to that little pub all the time. Doctor J. Shane, uh, and I, Shane and I go there to make romantic love. Yeah, and, I'm so glad to hear that. And uh, we we um, every time we go there, I get so pissed off because. 
there's always a red Ferrari and like, I think like some Austin Martin or something. Yeah. And park them both in the handicap section. Oh, that's awful. In front of the place. <laughs> so yeah. I always go yeah, crazy. We were, we were there a couple weeks ago and I took a picture of it. I think I tweeted you and it, uh, he had his golf clubs in the front seat of, of his red like Ferrari. Like a gentleman. <laughs> that's great. Well, do you got a question for us? So I got, yeah, I got a question for the doctor. Okay. So, my wife and I have been married for uh, about four years now, and four weeks before we she gave birth to our, our son, um, she had lost her dad in a mm. surfing accident. Oh, and I don't know if I'm more of a dick or my personality, but I have a tendency of the, the tough love. You know, it's been over a year now, mm-hmm. and when we have issues or, or whatever, she says she has a bad day. I was questioning, well, what, what could be so wrong? You're a stay-at-home mom. You have a life. But she always refers back to Why are you looking at me? losing her dad and all that Are you stuff related to Nick? I don't comprehend. What's that? I said, are you related to Nick? He's, just a, he's a good fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, and, I, and, and, you know, I just, I've, I've lost a lot of good friends mm-hmm. um, in the past. And I, and I just kind of, I lost my stepdad when I was young. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I guess I just kind of move on. And, you know, I, I made grief for a day, and, and then it's like, okay, the next day goes on. It's time to move on and, and move forward with our life. Mm-hmm. And I can't quite comprehend what my wife is going through, so I'm not compassionate enough, I guess. I hear and that. And so causing problems within the marriage yeah. because she thinks like I'm an idiot, but I don't know what's wrong. But yeah. yet I don't. I can't comprehend what's wrong. This, because is, right, this is right up to Dr. Right doesn't up want to talk about alley. Yeah. She doesn't want to talk about her. Well, because uh, I'll tell you exactly why your wife doesn't want to talk to you about this, because you've made it completely unsafe with your snap-out-of-it attitude. What your wife is looking for when she comes to you with her feelings is compassion. And you don't know how to give it. I don't think you give it to yourself. You probably never got it when you were younger. You probably are pretty uncomfortable with feelings. And, you know, look, we live in a society that doesn't exactly teach guys to embrace their feelings. But I suspect that you probably came from a background where it was even less so. But what I can tell you is that for your marriage to go well, for your wife to feel loved and adored and connected to you, which, by the way, helps in every possible area, including in the bedroom, you need to change the way you approach her. Telling someone to snap out of it is the worst thing that you can say, pretty much. it's She's coming to you to seek connection, to seek compassion, and you're putting up a wall and you're pushing her away. Yeah, but I feel like she might be coming to him in a not the most positive way. So that's what we do with our partner. We we come to our partner when we're in pain. If she's in pain and she's depressed and she's still struggling. I get that now. Yeah. I get that now. I'm so glad. But... But I'm, I I see where he's yeah. coming from because he is what I used to be. I know, yeah. and I, I think he just needs to not take what she's saying to him verbally, and accept the situation and and be vulnerable mm-hmm. and you know get in there. And- yeah, but but also what you have to realize is that your what your wife needs is healing. When she comes to you and you say get over it you not only prevent that healing from happening with you, but you create new problems for her. If instead she came to you and said, I'm having a bad day, and you said, honey, tell me about it. What's going on? And she said, I just miss him so much. I can't believe that he died. I feel like he was just taken from me. And you looked at her and you said, 
wow, your heart is really aching. Man, you miss him so much. I had no idea that you thought about him so much. What happens is then your wife feels seen and heard and understood by you. There's nothing more powerful in a relationship than having that experience and knowing that you can go to your partner in a time of need. Mm -hmm. If you can provide that for your wife, you will take your relationship to a whole new level. That's powerful. Preach. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the hard part I've had is trying to be the compassionate person because I love my wife to death, but mm-hmm. I have that. I, I'm not verbally compassionate, I guess, enough. Do you have, and like, a military background or come from, like, a military family? What's that? Do you come from, like, a military background or a military family? Well, no. My parents got divorced when I was four, and my dad was an alcoholic, and so I kind of didn't have a lot of family upbringing Mm -hmm. so i just kind of had to grow up really fast at a young age and also what you saw with your dad was your dad drank so he didn't have to feel emotions and then when he was gone you were left with mom and you probably became parentified you became like a little adult very prematurely so you didn't have any room for you to have your own emotions you were probably busy taking care of your mom i only saw my mom once a year since i was five so who raised you i'll go see her once a year that was it so even now today i'm 28 now i i see my mom more as a friend than who, so who raised you dad left and you only saw mom once a year who raised you well when, when my dad would my dad would put me to bed when it since fifth grade and he would go two blocks down to the bar and set an alarm for me and tell me when that king goes off you have to get up because the bus is going to pick you up in front of the house oh, you so know that was how my life was as a young oh. kid and then he got sober um you know, probably when I was 10 years old, and he's been sober ever since. And yeah, but you, him and I have only just become close again in the last probably three years. What you just described to me makes my heart ache. And I have a feeling that you can't even get in touch with your own heartache. You lost your childhood, and no one was there for you for important years that had to be scary and difficult and painful. And I hope that what you can do, because for you to grow as a man, for you to grow as a person, for you to grow as a husband, you need to get in touch with that. I think, you know, we we oftentimes we pick somebody who is the disowned parts of ourselves. You, your wife is very in touch with her feelings, and you have pushed yours under the rug. When you see what you hate in yourself, in your wife, it makes you angry. So you say, snap out of it. You need to get in touch with your own feelings it will make it easier for you to deal with hers. I recommend that everybody have at least one year of weekly therapy. When you've had a trauma like that in your past, it's even more important. I I encourage you and I challenge you as a man to have that experience because I I can tell you it, it will help you grow and take you and your relationship to a whole new level. And if you want to get a drink with me next time I'm in Ohio, we can make that happen too, you know. Like I said, I live right down from the Ohio Valley Inn. But no, what Dr. Jen's saying is, is really right because I've been there and I've done that. And, and Nick is a great example of that. You know, a friend of mine who's, who's a, a guy texted me the other night watching the show and said, I can't believe how Nick Ritchie has grown. Watching, it's like watching him turn into a man. Like, it's, it's right. an amazing thing. Well, yeah, I follow the dirty a lot and I've been watching a couple of therapies. So I appreciate you guys. And uh, Nick, you're a great guy. And, uh, Okay, don't get gay on me. Thank you. I appreciate it, my man. Take it easy. See, this is why I need you on the show more often because people need help. Oh, absolutely. We are in a weird time. 
And I think I feel like there there's a big gap, especially generational gap, where people don't think they need to look back at their past or or how they grew up and realize that a lot of the issues that they do have stem from either their parents or their childhood or their upbringing. Absolutely. Right? Yes. It's so, so true. Ooh. So and we just kind of ignore that and say, oh, don't worry, I'll get through it. And I, and I think even parents who love their kids are so misguided and you know they weren't given what they needed as kids and it just creates this you know generation after generation i have a question for you so far this season Mm -hmm. how are you happy with how it's going so far like on a scale i know you compared to last season am i happy with the therapy we did or am i happy with the final product well i want to say this last episode Mm -hmm. i felt like was the most therapy at least for the audience. Yes. And, and it felt like the most therapy for the people in the house. And the reason why that, at least to me, from watching the show and also mm-hmm. being in the house is because Doug and Courtney were not in the house. Yes. They uh, were a huge distraction. Mm-hmm. Um, and as much as we try to use them to help our own issues, mm-hmm. um, it, it didn't seem to get into their heads that that maybe they were part of the problem. Sure. Um, maybe if the whole world is looking at them in a certain way, maybe they need to look at themselves, whether they think it's right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Maybe there is something there instead of the holier than thou, we are here to save the world. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And we sure. save lives. Yes. So my question is, are you happy with what has been on TV now? Because from what I've seen, and I'm not trying to knock the show because sure. I was there. Yeah. I, I had therapy. Sure. Like, but it, it, I totally get what you're but saying. But it's not on TV. Yeah. Um, to me, the drama that was created outside of therapy is the least interesting part. Mm-hmm. And as you know, you know, we did therapy every day. I mean, I got there early in the morning. We did group therapy yeah. that was, you know, anywhere from an hour and a half to, you know, three plus hours. The childhood trauma group that we did, that was three hours and then plus another 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Then every day I did one-on-ones, two-on-ones that were one to two hours each. And I did about three to six a day. And there are therapists that are off cameras that we're talking to yeah. all the time. So, to I mean, to me, I'm a therapist. To me, what's most interesting is the therapy yeah. and the evolution of everyone. But, you you know, it's it is a whole package of, of everything that happened, and I and I do think that there was a lot of unfortunate drama that was created by their presence, and there was a huge ripple effect. And I think it is important to show some of that. You know, personally, the therapy is, is at my the same part. time though it makes you yeah. come off very um, like more vulgar. I think I, I I think the perception that it makes makes you look like you're kind of a bitch. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. so that to me is what I don't understand. It's like, okay, yeah, I get it. You that that I'm a bitch because of last week's episode because I was tough on you guys, or just overall? Just you know the the way you do your treatment is very unorthodox. Yes, if, if I might say, you are a very strong female figure. Yes. I think you have a lot of female um, fans. You are a true role model in my eyes. To Thank you. that people that want to be therapists that are in your that study your profession sure um but i don't think the way you handle um your style is is very you um actually it is it's it the way who i am as a person and who i am as a therapist is at this point in my career completely woven together and um but that doesn't bother you how it comes off sometimes that you do come off very strong 
you know, your group, this group of couples, was a very different group than last season. Last season, uh, they last came season, in. Last season doesn't count. And it was, but, well, but I think it's a, a really interesting compare and contrast. Last season, they came in. It was kumbaya from the start. When the show ended, they all took a vacation together. They went on Linda's yacht and, like, sent, you know, tweeted pictures of it. It was a very different group. Okay. Your group came in immediately. From the moment they walked in, there was this huge fight. There was drama. There was chaos. Also, in terms of the personalities, your group, everyone was, uh, they loved to challenge me. They loved to challenge each other. They loved to call each other on their stuff. The last group, I would have to really push them to cross-talk in group. Your group, I had to pull you guys back because each one of you wanted to, like, call each other on stuff. Well, and it do wasn't stuff. that. It's just, and, like, you have a group of yeah. very uh, A-types, right? Yes. And yeah. you have a guy like me where I think everyone in that house is just full of shit. Sure. You know, I think they're there for the publicity. I think sure. they're there for, you know, to be on TV. I'm an internet guy. Yeah. I, I don't give two shits. Sure. I was there, and I hope it shows yeah. to save my marriage. Yes. So... We're going to go to break on that. Okay. You're doing great. amazing. And I would love to say more about it because I think it's it's an important topic. No, I, I definitely yeah. I definitely want to get to it. Yeah. Um, I think you're amazing at what you do. It might be very strange, similar to what I do, is people don't know how to digest it. Sure. So I think you and I relate in that perspective. I don't agree with everything you say, and I know you don't sure. agree with, with what I do sometimes. Sure. But uh, we are who we are, and I think you are a powerful person. Uh, thank so you. So let's go. Versa. Let's go to break on that. Dr. Jen is in the house, and we have Chris Boykins. Woo! Chrissy, can you hang for a little bit? Always. Okay, cool. Chris will be back with us, and uh, we will talk some more. I still, you're still in my home court. I feel like it's tie, <laughs> tie score right now. <laughs> Nick Ritchie Radio on thedirty.com, Toad Hop Network. We'll be right back. A wise guy, Nick Ritchie Radio, who thinks he knows everything. The Soda Stream Soda Maker is fun as hell. The kids are going to love it. There's 50 different flavors, and it's healthy. There's no fructose, corn syrup, or aspartame. So pick one up at Bed Bath & Beyond, Target, Macy's, Kohl's, and Walmart. Or just go to SodaStream. With Gamefly, choose from over 6,000 titles. Play as long as you want and send them back when you're done. Eight ninety five to start, no late fees. Gamefly.com. Games delivered. Find out which celebrities are cheating with the who's who of Hollywood. Or let a friend know if they're being cheated on. Go to Cheaterville.com and let your friend know today. It's completely anonymous and free. Cheaterville.com. Look who's getting caught with her pants down. Does your car smell like... You need scent bomb. Does your house smell like... Get some scent bomb. Does the bathroom smell like... Get some scent bomb. Go to GetSomeScentBomb.com today for the best air freshener you've ever tried. We are so confident that you will love Scent Bomb that we're giving away a free bottle to the next 12 customers to type in the promo code RADIO at checkout. If you're tired of weak air fresheners, try Scent Bomb. Scent Bomb is a concentrated air freshener, so all you need is just a couple of sprays and the smell will last for days. That's right, you spray it today and you still smell it tomorrow. We guarantee that it's the best air freshener you've ever tried. So go to GetSomeScentBomb.com and enter the promo code RADIO at checkout to get your free bottle today. There's nearly 100 fragrances to choose from. So go to GetSomeScentBomb.com 
That's get some scent ball. To leave your house to shop, to crawl through traffic to the mall, just to find the thing you wanted. Isn't even there at all. Amazon.com is the answer. Shop at home in style and ease. Find exactly what you want. Ordering your stuff's free. Books on tape. Games galore. Everything you're looking for. Kindle. Cameras. Electronics. Baby Einstein. Hooked on phonics. Blu-ray. Movies. And TV. Download. Music. MP3. Pixar. Disney. Microphones. Pet supplies and doggy bones. World of Warcraft. Nancy Drew. Sims. The Scruff. System 2. Click Amazon. You'll smile with glee. Sometimes shipping is even free. Are you an inventor? Or do you know an inventor who would like to attempt to have an idea or invention patented and submitted to industry? For free information on how to get started, call InventHelp toll-free at 1-800-762-7000. InventHelp is America's largest invention company. Their referrals have helped inventors secure more than 7,000 patents, and they can provide free inventors' information for you. Find out how to record your invention's date of origination and get an informative brochure and other material of interest to new inventors. Get started by calling 1-800-762-7000. Even if you have an idea for improving an existing product, you'll want to get this free inventor's information from InventHelp. Find out how to try to patent your invention and submit it to industry. Call now to get your free inventor's information. Call 1-800-762-7000. That's 1-800-762-7000. You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. We will... <laughs> we are back, Nick Ritchie Radio. Dr. Jen at Dr. Jen with two N's. Berman, B E R M A N is her Twitter. Yes. You should follow her. Chris, what's your Twitter? Is it at Big Black? At Big Black. At Big Black. And mine is at Nick Ritchie. So you can follow all of us. We are Twitter masters. <laughs> and we, we were, when we right before break, Yes, we were discussing what a bitch I am. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Listen, it's not a bad thing. No, I, I actually don't. I, I think it's kind of a compliment as a woman to be called a bitch. To me, it means that you're strong. It means that, um, you know, I, when you're a woman, there are things that, if, that you do that if you were a man, people wouldn't say you were a bitch. Yes. You know, what I was saying before is your group demanded a firm but loving hand mm -hmm. and i i hope and i i believe that i gave you guys that that at times i was really tough on you but i think all of you sensed that i was there that it came from a place of loving and caring and of um being willing to do anything it it took and i said this to you guys often to get you guys the results in the three weeks we had together and i think i think at least for me anyways because i wanted to leave the house like i don't know at least three times yes for all three i remember all of them all three <laughs> all three different reasons um but i think the main thing was is how do you coexist with people that yeah you you try to be friends with them and you say that you're friends but you're you're in a bubble mm -hmm. you can't leave the house there's no tv yeah. You, you have there's 30, no alcohol. There's no drugs. Nothing. There's no distractions. It was, Chris, it was yeah. tough. I I was only allowed to use my cell phone for thirty minutes. I can wow. only get online for thirty minutes. I had to wake up early and to to blog and do all my internet stuff. And then the rest was just straight therapy. And then you're, you're in a house with at least in my situation, I felt like I was alone. Mm -hmm. You know, because Shane and I were not 
on the same wavelength at all. She, for a lot of it. She was, I would say at least for 17 days, yeah. um, it was it was me versus everyone else. I felt sometimes, I felt alienated. Um, similar to Doug, I, I would say some at some parts, you know, his relationship's obviously totally different. Sure. But uh, he, he, I feel like he feels like he's alone in his relationship as well. And he's alienated and he's looked at as the evil guy. Sure. Um, it sucks when you look at the evil guy. And, and you look at what I do, the, uh, the dirty. I've been looking at this as well. It's pretty evil. Yeah. You're an evil guy. I'm not really. I'm a <laughs> lovable guy. I, I give a lot, you know. You do. I just demand respect, man. That's the thing about me. Caller from Tucson. Are you there? You're on with Dr. Jen. Hello, caller. Um, yeah, I actually wanted to find out about just a mixed perceptions of mental illness. My perception is mental illness. Is that is it really? You want to know what I, what I think about mental illness? I mean, I wanted to find out what Nick thought. Yeah. Uh, I think mental illness is a disease. Yeah. Um, that's really what I think about it. I, I don't. I really don't. It's not something that I really think about or talk about, Doctor Jen. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's such a broad, broad question. Is that really what you want to know? Is he mentally ill? I mean, the one thing I was thinking is that it's it's like. In our society, like mental illness and like seeing a therapist is so like stigmatized. Um, you know, like people kind of think about it in, like a negative limelight. Like I think Dr. Jen could probably sure. um, think yeah. about that. I, um, I, I, I kind I, of I, thinking that like it's like one of the cool things about couple therapy was that it's like putting celebrities like on the face of mental illness and it's like kind of changing that stigma. I wanted to see if you guys thought it was doing that or I actually like, like this color kind now. Of, like, changing in today's society. Well, what I, what I have to say is that. First of all, this is not a mentally ill group. Um, this is this is not a group that that um, <laughs> stop shaking your head. Uh, th this was not a group that needed to be in an inpatient hospitalization kind of situation. This was uh, people who have troubled marriages, and I think it's important to understand that therapy is not just for the mentally ill, that we all have our issues, that everyone is a little neurotic to some degree, and that we all have issues that need to be worked on. You know, as I mentioned earlier, I recommend that everybody have at least one year of weekly therapy. I think it's really important to develop the insight, to have someone reflect back to you, a mirror to you, who you are and how you function in the world, and challenge you to try to do things differently. And I, I think that uh, I'm hoping that a show like this, that a show like Celebrity Rehab, that Dr. Phil, that, you know, Dr. Drew, that all of the, the people who came before me, that they have all and I have helped to change that perception and that stigma about therapy. Because I think that therapy is one of the, the, the greatest things that you can do when it comes to change for yourself. And going back to my thought on mental illness, too, I feel like if you if no one in the house is mentally ill, well, at least the people of age that, that's my personal belief. <laughs> but but I do have to say that, you know, going to what you said, Dr. Jen, is once you know yourself, you become a very strong, powerful person. Yes. And I think the people lacking in this world that always say, I can't do it, mm -hmm. I can't get a job, you know, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. It's they don't have the confidence of who they are because they don't understand who they are. Absolutely. And I, and I feel like... And they also, they operate on a very unconscious level in their relationships. 100%. And it's very, it's very, it's like they almost brainwash themselves into believing that they cannot be this person or they think they are a person, which they're not. Or they just not. blame other people. Exactly. So it, it, it almost takes a professional mm -hmm. to crack your code. Absolutely. Um, and also, 
we can hear from a neutral party like a professional things that we can't hear from our partner and the people closest to because us. Because we can accept it from a doctor. Yeah. We can't accept it from a person down the street. Yeah. You can accept it from me if you want. Read the dirty. It's great. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, that's my that's my take on it. The mental illness thing, I, you know, it's a little it's it's a little um, a little much. Yeah. I so, agree. But I appreciate the call. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wasn't calling you guys like mentally ill. I was just kind of talking about like the therapy thing, and there definitely is like a clear cut line between that. But I mean, they're both things. I mean, just like even being like depressed is pretty stigmatized, and sure. again, that's I not agree. something you guys were dealing with. And but, I think the more people um, talk about that depression therapy, you know, their struggles, I think that the less of a stigma it has. Yeah, totally. Thank you. So thanks. Um, okay, another question I have for you in the house. Mm-hmm. I don't know about other couples. Um, there's cameras in every room. Everything's monitored. You're mic'd until you go to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, literally, and at least I know for, for me, I had security following me around, um, which was weird because I don't think that I'm a threat to anybody. But you're constantly being monitored, right? Mm-hmm. And I know that when you're not in the house, you're probably in a control room, I'm guessing. Because you're, or or there there's someone is there someone communicating with you? Because it felt like you knew everything that was going on with it, the drama within the house without being in the house. Mm-hmm. So did you have runners, or did you how how did you get that information? And what happened to the footage of like when Shane and I would have sex? Did someone keep that somewhere? Or does I, that I get will thrown answer away? all of these questions and more. Because Should I'm, we start with the sex? Well, I'm just <laughs> I, I'm just more concerned that yeah. if VH1 sells yeah. my sex tape, yeah. do I get a portion of that? Proceed? Absolutely, of course, okay. as do I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Because I did. Yeah, I, no, I, I, rem- the, I, I will. I, I will tell you. There's a, a, a licensed therapist who actually no, she's she has a master's degree. Um, and in, in the process of licensing name named Gabby and Gabby is our sex monitor and Gabby's job is to watch every sex night, sex? no is wow. to watch and see and if somebody appears like they're gonna have sex to turn off the cameras <laughs> and to wait until she believes that it hit and she is in a room alone so it's not like there are other producers like in the in the control room that camera has been shut down nobody can see what's happening so, so there does, is no does Gabby have to sign like some sort of confidentiality like does she know how like how big my Greg is I, I don't know what what she signed or hasn't signed I wasn't part of the paperwork on that but she is a licensed therapist and I know that she took her job very seriously I took my job very seriously because I knew the cameras were on yeah so Black. I I, I, I'm sorry. I'm terribly sorry to disappoint yeah. you. You're gonna have to do a new sex tape because there is no footage of you having yeah, sex. Man. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry tape, to disappoint you. She was checking out your pump oh, tape. Yeah. Yeah. So on the pump tape. God, yeah. that, 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 pump that, tape. that yeah. upsets me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, I, that was probably the yeah. best pump tape. I yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. crazy. But you know, Nick, I believe in you. I I think you can make it happen again. I I. I really do. So how long were you in the house? Uh, Almost 25 days. It was a while. Days, yeah. Yeah. Wow. No, no. And it was harder for Shane and I because we just had a child, Press. Yeah. So so we only got to see Press every three days, I believe it was, yeah. for an hour. So a Press would come to the house. So it was tough. And it was actually Shane, longer than that. Like two hours. Yeah. yeah. So, so we would have that, like, 
it's like, oh, great, your baby's coming. You're going to see your child. And at that time, Shane and I weren't really, we were coexisting. So I would take the baby. And I don't know why they didn't show this, because I think this is actually a big thing that a lot of couples go through, that it was like we were dividing the child time. Yeah. It was very, it was very, now that I like look back on it, it was very Until sad. Until the end, when you and you and me and Shane yeah. had that session yes. with press. Yes, which but, but was, that's, and yeah. that's when I go back to, you don't know what you're doing when you're doing it. You don't yeah. look at the bigger picture until someone tells you, hey, yeah. do you know what you're doing? Like, and, and that's why I also, I kept saying to you guys in the house, especially towards the end, and, and since as I've talked to all of you, nobody will ever fully understand what that experience is like in that house except all of you, the 10 of you, and, and, and actually the people from season one, even though it was a different experience for season one, nobody can completely understand that and relate to that experience, which is why I think it's important to hold each other near and dear. Who would you say this season is your DMX? Um, it, it's hard to say, but I, I mean, Simon? Shane was, um, was very um, raw. She was incredibly raw. Mm-hmm. And it, as a therapist, it was a joy to work with. You know, well, even yeah. though there were she times let it, where she let it all go. Yeah, even though there were times where it was frustrating because I, you know, I was like, you know, I wanted to shake her, be like, "Stop doing this," or you know, see the light. But at the same time, she was so raw and so real. I mean, Alex, you know, re- I really just bore her soul. I mean, the session with her mom was just. You know, it was unbelievable. It was, it was life-changing. You know, I, I think that, you know, I mean, Tiny just had such huge breaks. I mean, you know, I could go around. Every one of you contributed so in such a DMX. huge way. Well, Shane yeah. <laughs> in, in some ways. In some ways. You know, it, I don't think there was a, a DMX, but there, every single person brought something different to the table. Yeah. And, and that was meaningful. Speaking of persons in the house, um, JoJo's drinking again. And... Is that, are you in contact with them? Are you in their lives? Like, are you still, because I've done everything as far as me personally. I've tried to reach out to them. I'm not getting correspondence. This hurts me, I feel, a lot because I felt like I had a really strong bond with them. And they're starting to alienate me. And um, when you develop a relationship with someone and you want to help them to your potential and you can't do that, Mm -hmm. um, that is a problem. And obviously they, they're doing it in their own marriage and yada, yada. Where's your head right now with that? I can't comment about anything that's been told to me privately about who's doing what mm-hmm. since the show. But what I can tell you is that um, I have reached out to every single person who has been on the show, that I maintain contact with almost everybody who was on the show, and I, and I have reiterated over and over again and and i've done this with you and shane you can attest to it i will always be there for you you can text me and and you you need help this is and i will i will be there but this is a bigger this is a yeah but whether 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 it's getting a a bed in a rehab or hey we're having marital problems what do we need to do now i will be there in that therapeutic capacity for all of you you know it's why like i can't go out to dinner with you guys I'm always your therapist. You can always reach out to me and know that I will no, be there to help. You are good like that. You, and when I text you, you text it right back. So I, I just, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, because they love each other. There's, yeah, a, really there's, a, there's a genuine, genuine connection there. Yes. And they are meant for each other. And, and I feel like um, Tiny 
is JoJo's rock, but I, you know, alcoholism is, is a disease. And, and <gasps> one of the, one of the great things about this experience for Tiny is that Tiny became her own rock over the course of 21 days. Yeah, she got some balls. Tiny, yeah, Tiny found some fucking strength she didn't know she had. And that was a beautiful thing to witness. And that's something that she has taken with her. And that, um, you know, I, I get choked up even just thinking about it, that that's something that she's going to have forever. And I'm, I feel lucky that I got to be a part of that process for her. Okay, let's get let's get some a real question. It's a little outside the box. Uh oh. You and I have had discussions about this website called The Dirty. <laughs> yes. Chris, her and I sat down one on one. Who knows? I, I don't want to. I don't know. We're not in control of the edit. Who knows what's going to make and what's not? There was a topic that was brought up between you and I, mm-hmm. where you said to me that you might have to choose one or the other. I don't know if you remember that or not. I know exactly the session you're talking about. Okay. And I, and I told you that, that that's not even an option. Mm-hmm. You know, there will never be there. You know, my job and my life are two different things, at least in my head. Um, unfortunately people don't see it that way. Mm-hmm. It's the way I see it. It's mm-hmm. just the same way Doug sees what he's doing. He sees he's doing something. And sure. you know, if he wants to believe what he wants to believe, he can believe it. He has that right. And I respect that. Right. I still think he's a child molester. That's my opinion. Whatever. Just throwing that out there. But what is your view on the dirty.com? And, and I don't, yeah. I, and, and be honest. I, 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 you can count on me for that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think we've known each other long enough yeah. to, that, you, that you know that. I don't go to the dirty.com unless there's something that comes up on like my Google alert or something like that. Um, I think there's a mean spiritedness to the dirty.com that makes me uncomfortable. It's not something that's appealing to me. I don't like mean spiritedness. Yeah. I think there's enough pain and, and, um, and hurt but in, can in you the see, world. But can you see from, from a perspective of... Yeah, well, well let, let me finish. Okay. That I get... You created an empire. You created something that, that I admire in that way. I, I think that you have been incredibly un- entrepreneurial, that you have been brilliant in the way you have put this together. When I said to you, you may have to make a decision, I didn't say you have to. I said... If this causes conflicts that are unresolvable in your marriage, then you may have to pick. And it was specifically about one part of the site. It was about the should you. The would and, you. Yeah, would the you. would you. Yeah. That, you know, that Shane had an issue with some things that you had written, and I was trying to explore with you, is there a different way to do this? Is there a way that you can do this where you still say what you need to say, but you honor your wife? Okay. And that's where I was going with that. But can you also see the value in, in giving someone their actual um, – if they're doing something wrong, showing it to them. Because what 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 is what is an intervention? There there are different ways to show people what they're doing is wrong. To me, to post a picture of a woman and to tear her to pieces and say what that's, is aesthetically wrong with her to me to me that's just cruel and that is something that has the potential to create an eating disorder to create. Um, self-loathing to make someone beat themselves up uh, to me there's no value in that okay um is there value in exposing someone's affair i i understand um why you see it that way and, and there is a certain amount of almost superhero-ness to it of 
I see an injustice and I'm going to expose it. And I can respect that and I can respect that about you and, and what you hope to do with the site. To me, if someone is not in the public eye, they haven't chosen okay, but here, to, okay, to, okay. to have it be public. I get that. Yeah. But if a person, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, they're taking pictures of themselves in a swimsuit, half naked in the mirror all day, they're demanding attention. Mm-hmm. They're demanding to be, I, I don't even want to use the term bullied because I, I feel like that term is so played out these days. Sure. Courtney. For example, mm-hmm. she uses the bully card. Mm-hmm. I am the victim of being bullied. Sure. But she demands to be bullied. Mm-hmm. How do you bully someone that wants to be bullied? I don't believe that, in Courtney's case, I don't believe she demands to be bullied. I, I think that she. You don't think she asks well, 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 of us? No. I, I think she asked for attention, and I think that there is something. Yeah, but what kind of attention is she asking for? But I, oh, hold on, hear me out, Nick. I, I think that there is a deficit in her that makes her seek out that kind of sexual attention. To me, as a therapist, there's something sad about that. To me, it doesn't mean she is she is looking for people to be aggressive with her and call her names. There's a big difference between look at me, look at me, and how sad and call me names be mean to me and to me that's different and it 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 to me also look i come from a feminist psychology perspective i don't believe because a woman's wearing a short skirt she deserves to be raped either i don't believe if courtney dresses inappropriately she deserves to be called names i think it's inappropriate i think she's overly seductive but i don't think she deserves to be treated like a piece of shit because she wears a short skirt it's just not the way i see things i'm gonna look at that booty though but see, I ain't gonna disrespect. But I'm looking at that booty. Seventeen. You don't wear a skirt. I'm looking at your booty. Seventeen year old booty. Eighteen year old booty. See, I don't know. I don't know who's courting. Okay, but is. yeah, but Chris, imagine being in a house with a girl who's underage, and That's she's kind of crazy, and she's yeah. she's not wearing clothes. But wow. I also think that with that dynamic, and and I think that you guys underestimated how much empathy I actually had for all of you in the situation. Well, I felt yeah. like you had their back. I, I tried to have everybody's back. And the thing that, that drove me crazy about the dynamic that developed is that as hard as it is, had you guys just ignored them and just kind of over, yeah, like, I just, tried. yeah, but if you just ignored it, you wouldn't have given it power and it wouldn't have blown up the way okay, it did. It got I, so much more attention. And, and you say that, but yeah. we're in the house. I'm in a house standing there and a girl's coming up to me basically telling me in weird ways that hey i want to sleep with you look at my boobs sure, you're talking like, about like in the kitchen when she said like i want to try a new just, thing yeah. like sure. all that stuff like it was constant yeah. you know what i mean but, but and, just going courtney i really don't like when you talk that way i'm gonna leave the room and then leaving if everybody did that to her she would find another way to get attention or she wouldn't to demand to be yeah, or she bullied. wouldn't but mm-hmm. I, but i think that you guys played into her hand of here she is you know i'm an advocate against bullying and then Everybody got so aggressive with her. You know, I understand. Don't don't get me wrong. And I think that that's what what got lost in all of this. I completely understood why you guys were frustrated. I completely understood how difficult it was, how annoying it was, how inappropriate it was, all that sort of stuff. And at the same time, you're a group of adults that that turned to some very mean behavior. Okay, well, let's clear this because this is this is a, a question that everyone has: is what is your take on? child molestation like what is right and what is wrong what is your stance are you okay on Doug with and it? Courtney or on child molestation on a little of both okay on on Doug and Courtney's situation 
you know, where where was your mind at? Because bringing them into that house is kind of like saying, and, okay. Let, let's take it from the be- like from the moment like before they walked into you know to the end. I, I want yeah. you to clear yes. clear it for at least I, my fans I, and I would any be couples, happy to. couples therapy yes. fans that think that you condone this. When my executive producer told me that Doug and Cordy would come into would, were going to be cast on the show, I said to him, my exact words were, I don't think I can work with him. I think he's a pedophile, and I think she's a victim. I don't know that I can work with them. I said, if you bring them on the show, I will probably have to break them up, and I think that she's a victim, and I, I want to empower her. And he said to me, meet them. If you feel that way when they come on the show, you kick them off. For the first probably six to seven days, you have no idea what I went through. I came very close every single day of saying, I don't think I can work with these two. I, I, I just don't feel right about it. I'm uncomfortable with it. I think that this is wrong. What I ultimately came to, and the, the reason why I didn't kick them off the show until the dress code violation was that I came to the conclusion that, first of all, I don't agree. I think it was wrong for her mother to sign that when she was 16 to allow her to marry a man who's 50. I don't think any 16-year-old should get married, much less to a man who's 50 years old. But ultimately, I didn't get to make that choice. Ultimately, they were a married couple, whether I approve of it or not. And as a therapist, there are times where I have to work with couples. They have different religious backgrounds. They have different ethical beliefs. They have different religions, different politics, different whatever. But what I saw in front of me was a fucking troubled couple, was, was, was a, a, a guy who really needed help. And as you saw, when we delved into childhood trauma issues, he was raw. And it's unfortunate that the viewers haven't seen that up to now. They, they will be seeing some of that. But this was a guy who needed therapy. And this was a woman who, by the way, would probably never get therapy off camera. No. I felt that this was an opportunity to help someone who would probably never get help in any other circumstance. Which which brings me to this point, which I believe don't. Do you feel with this show that you got to give what you needed with them? Like, d- did you get that closure? Do you think there I, was? Cause I, I feel I got to scratch the surface. Okay. I, 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 I wish, feel like nothing. Yeah. I feel like I don't even know why they were there. I wish that I had gotten to have more time. Um, yeah, I like to do six weeks instead of three weeks. Um, I feel like Doug really opened up about some things and started to think in different ways. I think he started to look at some issues in the marriage that um, areas where he needed to handle things differently. I, and I think that, you know, she's she is very young and she doesn't have a lot of life experience. And I think that at the very least, she got to see a strong female figure who laid down some rules and kept them. You know, nobody in Courtney's life lays down rules and keeps them. Her mother, her husband, her dad, everybody lets Courtney make all the decisions, even when they're not good for her. And to me, that moment in that room when she defied the dress code, did I think that she was going to follow the dress code forever? Absolutely not. I'm a therapist. I expect people to test me. You tested me. Shane tested me. Everybody in that house tested me. I expected Courtney to test me. And not to mention, she's a teenager. Of course she was going to test that code. Of course. Teenager. Yeah. When I came into that into that room, I said to her, if you're willing to go back to the hotel and get dressed, you can come back. Okay. I'm going to end this show Okay. on this. This is my last question. Okay. And then I'll let you go into the wild and <laughs> do your thing and 
be successful as you always are. Thank you. In your professional opinion, what do you think of me? What do I think of you? Yes, as a person. I really like you. I really like you as a person. I think that you are someone who, um, I think you didn't have the opportunity to get a lot of your needs met mm -hmm. and that um, you were so fucking willing to embrace this process. And there was a moment with you in one of our early sessions where we were working together and I saw this look in your eyes where you went, holy fucking shit, we're really going to do therapy here. Yeah. And it was such a great moment. And you were fucking brave. You were strong. You were courageous. And I felt like you turned into a man in front of my eyes and a father. And that was an honor. And I felt, I felt that. Yeah. And I want to thank you for that. My pleasure. A lot of people think I'm a mean guy. And I don't, I don't see too. it. I, I don't get it. Yeah. You know? I'm just a man trying to live in this world. Misunderstood. Thank you, Dr. Jen. Thank you so for much for all you do. Me. And you also have a radio show. I do. It's on Cosmo Radio, which is Sirius XM 109, and it's live from 5 to 7, West Coast, 8 to 10, East Coast. A lot of people that were calling that I couldn't get to, I apologize, but you can call Dr. Jen's show on Cosmo. Watch Couples Therapy. It's the greatest show on TV right now. It's the only real reality show. You yeah. feel me? Yes. Big Black in the House. We are out. Nick Ritchie, Toad Hop Network. Couples Therapy on VH1, 10 p.m. Eastern and Pacific. Thank you. You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching.